0: Hey guys, Ian here with another episode of Unleashed and Unhinged, the podcast where we talk about all things dog. Dog training, dog behavior, dog health, literally anything you can think about when it comes to dogs, we'll talk about on here. We hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome back everybody. Welcome to Unleash Unhinged. Today we've got Mel Ritterman from Cooper and Kids down in Melbourne. Welcome mate.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Mel and I have been friends for a long, long time now. We've worked together. I've even had Mel come up to Sydney in the past and teach the team about your expertise. So everybody, we're really lucky to have her on today. So tell us a little bit about yourself, mate.
2: So I am um, an accredited dog trainer with the IAABC. I'm a family pause educator, family dog mediator, fear-free certified. Um, And I'm a mum to three young kids, two beautiful golden retrievers, So, my specialty is really in working with families, with kids and dogs, as well as working with puppies. Um, So, I feel like I'm living and breathing what I'm teaching, which is really awesome to be able to really empathise with my clients. So, we run uh, like from preparation when families are expecting their first baby through to, you know, the baby and toddler stage. I run programs for families that have young children that want to bring a puppy into the home Um, and I run education sessions in schools as well for kids.
1: Kids, which is super fun. And I can speak firsthand. Mel has uh, been an awesome little resource for myself, having a little family on the way myself as we record this. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm really excited uh, to have you on. What uh, what's the topic that we're really going to dive into today? Because I'm pretty sure we're going to have you on many times in the future as well. So we've yeah. tried to narrow it down a bit, right?
2: So I think this is an exciting topic because Ian and I have talked a lot about all the different aspects of my business and what I talk about. We haven't talked about this one yet, so I'm excited to get your <laughs> take on this too. Okay, but cool. Talk about when is the best time to get a family dog. So we're going to look at it from two sides. We're going to look at it from when you um, already have children uh, and you're thinking about getting a puppy, sort of what ages should the kids be before getting a puppy. And then we're also going to look at it from the side of, you know, maybe you're a newly married couple or uh, you're thinking about having children down the track and you also want to get a dog. So,
1: yeah, I'm excited. Me too, because this is something that I think we we find ourselves in a position Being the professional, being asked to come in to help so often, and we go, and in the back of our mind, we're probably looking at so many situations where we think this is this is chaos, and this might this is going to be a challenge not in your general ability to train a dog, not in your you know, no no lack of love for the dog, anything like that, but the circumstances that you are in with this dog in this period of your life. you've got a real, like, almost like a conflict of interest, right? Yeah. There's there's a lot going on and we need to learn where to, how to prioritise. Absolutely.
2: And I, I, think, I think all this advice today is coming from the best possible place of wanting to help to set people up for success and to really, really be able to enjoy your human babies and your puppy. And I think some families do get a puppy at the same time as having a baby. And yes, I have seen some cases where this has worked beautifully. And then I have seen some cases where this has been a total disaster Um, because you don't get to enjoy each one, you know, at a time, you're too busy trying to juggle and multitask and all of that. So I guess this advice today is to really help you be able to enjoy both because babies are beautiful also hard work. Same with puppies. Like puppies are the cutest things on the planet, but they require a lot, a lot of our attention, a lot of our time, a lot of our money, a lot of our, you know, so much from us. So yeah, this advice advice is based on really helping you to get it as right as possible and to get off to the best possible start.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to dive right in with a bit of a sweeping statement and say that I see a lot of people get dogs on a purely emotional decision. Yeah. And it normally comes at a time where there is either difficulty or change in somebody's life. Right? Like we saw it in COVID, right? When everybody went through stress, they were like, I need comfort. I'm going to go and get a dog. Or I know personally right now, like I've got a little baby on the way due in three months. And over the last six months... I mean, I've got a four year old and like a maybe like 15 year old dog. My household is super settled and about to go through the biggest change it will ever go through. And over the last six months, the idea of bringing a dog in has crossed my mind more times than I think it ever did in the previous like four or five years. I I know you've told me this because you're like going through this like
2: weird nesting period of like, my wife is pregnant. I need to do something. So you should not get a puppy right now.
1: Right. And and it's taken all of my rational thought process and experience to go. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And it's hard because I go to rescues and I train the staff and then I see all of these amazing dogs. I'm like, I could take you home.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's that's a really good place to start is that I think a lot of the rescue centres um, are quite strict on what age they will let families with kids adopt a dog. I think it depends on the rescue, on how strict they are. Um, you know, I approached a rescue when I was looking to get my second dog and they told me that they would not allow me to get a dog with children under the age of 10 and they wow. knew what I did for a living as well. Um But I think it's for insurance purposes and just to be safe. If we don't know the dog's history and God forbid something went wrong or, you know, happened to the child, um, you know, some rescues are more like five. I've also worked with some rescues that couldn't care less, um, I think is quite negligent. Um, And then same with breeders as well. I think it's also up to, you know, if, if you're working with a really great ethical breeder, they should also stop you. And, you know, if you've got, a baby on the way or you've got a 8 month old child they should probably be saying mm, maybe now's not the right time to get a puppy and that's purely not to be mean but to have the be- like your best interest at heart and their puppy's best interest at heart they want their puppy to go to a home where they're going to be able to get everything that they need and when there is a baby or a toddler or very young children in the picture it could be hard to really truly meet that puppy's needs and give them a happy life
1: yeah yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head in your opening kind of um, spiel about... And they're difficult. They really are. Like, they take time, energy, and money. And I, we, I don't think people are ever going to stop getting a dog based on an emotional decision. But I do encourage, like, once you have that emotional pang to get a dog, to then stop yourself and at least then actually... Take stock of your actual situation. Like yeah. um, off the air before we started recording, you said um, you brought up two times of when I see when you see people get dogs, and I can add two more. These are the times when I see people get dogs. You mentioned they're either pregnant and they've got a baby on the way, or they've just started a relationship and they're, or like they're in that stage where they're thinking about having a baby. But also other times of change or stress, it's like I often see people that just moved house, and they're they're in that nesting stage, or after a breakup, and that their life is about to go into the great unknown of like what they they know after a breakup you you inevitably don't know what's coming, and it's that often bringing a dog in at those stages where you go I'm not sure what's about to happen, and yeah, it can be a real source of comfort. But you also kind of need to have a bit of grounding as to like what what what's the plan for this puppy, and that needs to be taken into account. Yeah,
2: having having a puppy, I usually say is like having a toddler in the house. You need to toilet train them. You need to sleep train them. You need to make sure that they don't put everything in their mouths and chew and destroy things. So, I mean the the plus with a puppy versus a toddler is that, you know, eventually you can leave them home alone. You cannot do that with a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the amount of bandwidth that it requires from you to put in in those early days is is huge. Um, you know, so moving into a new house, for example, is that a great time to get a puppy? Mm, maybe just before you move into a new house and you're in your old place could be a good time just in case you have toileting accidents and the puppy decides to chew things up. But If you are, you know, a newly married couple or you are someone that's wanting to have a baby down the track, I want you to really think about getting your dog to a point where they've reached maturity and you can, you know, have a dog in the home that's really settled by the time you bring that baby in. So, where possible... and. Each case is case by case, but a rough age, I usually say, is to try and get the dog to two, two and a half if you can, before bringing a baby home. And I know that this is out of our control about when we bring a baby home, right? (laughs) Sometimes things happen really quickly or accidentally. Sometimes they take ages. So whatever the situation is, you know, if you can get your dog to that age before bringing a baby home, It's going to make life a lot easier on you. Um, It's going to make life a lot easier on the puppy as well. I mean, I'm going through this at the moment. Scout, my young boy, is 16 months, you know, and adolescence is full on, you know. So we think, we often think the puppy stage is the hardest part, but really, I think the adolescent period is, and that's, you know, from around six to 18 months of age, depending on the size of the dog, um, when their brain is going through all of these changes and, raging hormones and they're literally going from being a baby puppy to a teenager, to an adult dog. And there's just so much going on. And that's often a really challenging time for families is dealing with an adolescent dog and to bring a baby home during that period would be quite tricky. Um, So if you can get through that, uh, that's definitely my recommendation.
1: Absolutely. Like adolescents, you're again, not a nail on the head then like, Puppyhood is difficult, and having when I used to teach puppy school, having amounts of people that would literally be in tears at puppy school just at the difficulty of it. They're sleep deprived, they're exhausted. Um, Having a puppy is hard, and adolescence is maybe not quite as intense, but it's so much longer, (laughs) And, and it really prolongs like how. A, a difficult stage, you know, that adolescent stage can last in some large dogs, like two years. And yeah, I think I agree with that age. Of like can you two, not say that?
2: I feel like I'm nearly at the tail end of it. Two years, you think it can sometimes last?
1: Yeah. So, um sorry. <laughs> but that's like, you know, there's the little dogs. So actually, like, even like what type of dog you get, like a little dog's adolescent stage can end as early as six months of age. Yeah. And then like your really large breeds, Looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> He's not giant, but those really large breeds, they can go finish adolescence at three years old. And so, you know, even like factoring in, like, in not just when you get a dog, but what type of dog uh you bring in um can make a big difference. Um, because that adolescent stage is so tough. And I think it's tough. One of the one of the reasons it's tough is. Because they're still growing, because their brain is still developing, one of the challenges inevitably is that we're not we, we're going to we're going to experience change, right? So we're still learning about our dogs because our dogs are still developing and changing in front of our eyes. So we're still having to adapt, and if we're doing things like dealing with children and other stresses in our life, then our adaptability our tolerance to change is probably at its lowest because it's just that a really stressful time. So taking that on board and thinking about that is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So also
2: just thinking about, you know, you're thinking that you want to have children and you want to get a dog prior. I, I did that right. Cooper, my first um, dog, he was two when I brought my first baby Harper home and, um, But I just want to say that, I mean, I love living with kids and dogs. Obviously, I live it, I breathe it every day. But the moment you have a dog in the house and you bring a child in, you always need to be on top of things. You always need to be switched on. You can't just leave the baby on the floor and go to the toilet. You can't just go and have a shower or go and make lunch. You always need to have in the back of your mind, where is my dog? Where is my baby? Or where is my toddler? You always need to have that really beautiful management set up in place. When I was in Sydney, oh, this was probably when my niece was just sort of starting to move around. I was looking after her and um, my brother doesn't have a dog. And I just remember like she was starting to move around and I was in their place looking after her. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can go to the toilet. I don't need to think twice. Or like, you know, it was so easy to not have to worry about where that dog is. So, you know, if you, if you have Trying to weigh it up, and you're not sure. Should I get the dog before? Shouldn't like, shouldn't I? If you have that capacity to deal with and to really be on the ball with having a dog and a baby in the same space, knowing how to actively supervise or separate when you can't be actively supervising, then go for it. But if you think what I'm saying right now just sounds like whoa, that is too much. I just want to enjoy my baby. Then get the dog later on. Uh, You know, I really do think that there's no rush. so many people say to me, but I want my child like my child, to grow up with a dog. And I, I do think that that is really nice, but I also think it's fine to do that once your child's five. Yeah. It doesn't need to be from the baby stage. The dog will probably be happier coming into the home, growing up with kids versus knowing life without kids and then all of a sudden having them thrown
1: into the picture. Oh, yeah. Like in my house, you know, with those two dogs that we've got currently, I know that I'm about to do the best thing that's ever happened to me and throw a spanner in their works, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is is not a gift for them, right? (laughs) This is going to be an addition to the family. We're going to be overjoyed, but at the same time, our dogs are going to have to deal with it rather than it being something that I'm planning on them being happy about.
2: Yeah. and and i'm not saying don't get a dog before kids because no. it can it can be really nice but i'm absolutely saying that from experience with in my own home and from working with clients like cooper got great at every child i had <laughs> right <laughs> whereas scout my dog who we brought into the home 16 months ago when the kids were you know the, the, the a good age for a puppy he loves the kids like it's it's all he knows and my kids were developmentally old enough to know how to be around a dog and to get things right and to build a really beautiful relationship from the start. If you bring a puppy home when you have a toddler that developmentally isn't quite there to understand how to appropriately behave around a puppy, it might not go as smoothly, right? So, that is why, again, all depends but developmentally, I usually say if you want to bring a puppy into your world when you've got young kids, try to wait till your youngest child is about five.
1: Yeah, there's been studies haven't there around uh what age children are before they start being able to like relate to the dog and make more appropriate decisions for the dog and you might, you're probably know better than me, but the last study I checked was like seven years old. To be honest, haven't read these studies. So, but yeah, I'd love well, to send them my way. Well, there are any, I mean, what I was going to bring up there was like, I've, I've seen, I think one of the biggest things that it's hard to put a number on, because I think something that really matters is one management. Like you said, like management of when, and when, when and where the kids and dogs can have access to one another. But a big factor is the kids empathy level and i and and there have been other studies just in kids in general that kids some people don't develop empathy until they're like in their early 20s and so you know i i know there's it's very hard to put an exact number on it you have to you have to have some critical thought you have to assess your individual situation because some individuals Just um, naturally, you know, I think what you were saying that your daughter is just naturally so great at identifying when one of the dogs is communicating what they're communicating. And then another one of your children is just like, Ah, uh, I did a thing, and the dog was may might have been there. I'm not sure. You know, it's, uh... you know, I think I think that also comes down to like interest in the dogs. Like my daughter is such an animal person,
2: and so is my youngest son. He loves the dogs as well. But my middle son couldn't really care, so he wouldn't notice these things like the other two would. Um, you know, I think I think this is you know when we look at the developmental side of children, you know, we've got to think about like road safety and pool safety and you know where are your children developmentally there like we're always going to hold their hand we're always going to be there to supervise you know same should be with dog and child safety as well Mm -hmm. like you can't just leave them alone let them fend for themselves you know puppies need a lot of sleep and children should never interrupt a dog when they are sleeping resting or eating if your child isn't at an age where they can listen to that and comprehend that then they're probably too young for a puppy in the house. So, you know, that's why all of this really matters. And and also the being gentle, you know, if you have a toddler in the house and you're going to say, be gentle, you're going to have to say, be gentle a hundred thousand more times (laughs) before they really understand what that means. And that's not because they're being naughty. It's because developmentally, they just don't get it quite yet and that's like crossing a road you know you've got to say you've got to hold my hand you can't cross. you know it's the same thing it's it's about their brains actually not being in the place to really get it so you know often when families ask me about you know should we get a dog yet is it the right time i think a lot of families feel a bit upset when i say you know 5 is sort of you know, I, I want your child, your youngest to be at least five. And they're like, oh, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm not saying this to be mean. And I'm not saying that getting a, a puppy when your children are younger isn't going to work, but this is going to help to set you up for success. The older the kids are, the the, the easier it's going to be because they're going to be on board. Every moment a puppy is awake is a learning opportunity and throw kids into the mix, and they can teach a puppy a whole lot of bad behaviour. And, you know, I'm putting bad in quotation marks as well because it's just normal puppy stuff like jumping, mouthing, stealing stuff, you know.
1: It's just a whole lot of stuff that you would rather they didn't learn.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we want our kids to be old enough where they can be on board and they can take instructions from us and we can build beautiful relationships from the start. I think a lot of families get it wrong because they're Children are begging for a puppy and they're like, I promise I'm going to take care. I'm going to clean up the poo. I'm going to do all the training. I'm going to walk the dog. And then they get this puppy and all of a sudden the kids are like, whoa, this puppy has shark teeth and this is too much for me. And honestly, within about two weeks, the puppy is the parent's full responsibility. (laughs) Every single time. So the parents need to be ready for this puppy no matter how much your child tells you they are going to take care of this puppy, you as the parent need to be ready because it's going to be your
1: responsibility. I mean, yeah, I've, I, yeah. I've walked into so many houses where even like on the client questionnaire, they've filled it out and answered. It's like, it's the kid's dog. And The fact that you were still the one that filled out the questionnaire says it isn't, you know, (laughs) it clearly isn't their responsibility. It's Yeah,
2: so true. I've got another one, another interesting one, is the families that get puppies because their children are scared of dogs and they Mm. want to to overcome the child's fear and they think if they bring a puppy into the home that this is going to help. I had one client many years ago that... The first session, everyone was in tears. Um, The child was up on the kitchen bench. Like Literally everyone was in tears. The husband called me before. He's like, you need to save my marriage. Um, It was a very intense case where the daughter was so scared of a puppy and then they brought this puppy home and it was really bad. We managed to turn it around, thank goodness, and they are living a beautiful, happy life with this puppy. But, you know, if you want to help to overcome a child's fear, flooding them with the thing that they're scared of isn't generally the right way to go. Gradual, slow exposure through maybe some friends or family's dogs could be a really nice way to go about it instead. And then once the child is openly ready, then you can consider getting a puppy. But puppies have really sharp teeth. And I think if your child is scared, they can become more scared of a puppy. I often walk into homes and the kids are petrified of the puppy. You know, that all of a sudden, like it's, it goes one way, like the kids are annoying the puppy, annoying the puppy, annoying the puppy, and then all of a sudden the puppy turns around and is mouthing like crazy, and, and that's because we've got an overtired puppy that's been poked and prodded, and then the kids are jumping up on the couches and the kitchen benches because they're so scared. So I think that's a really important one to think about as well, that I wouldn't say a puppy is the answer to overcoming
1: a child's fear of dogs. Well, it's the same when we're socialising dogs, isn't it? If we've got a dog that is... Scared of other dogs, and we're trying to build its confidence in other dogs, then we don't teach people to just flood it with other dogs. It's not like just more, it's not quality. Uh, It's always quality over quantity. So it's not a case of just go and get that dog exposed to lots and lots of other dogs because there's going to be some trauma in there as well. Instead, you want to pick the Pick the events, pick the locations, pick the individual and create selective positive experiences. And then you will get to a point where the dog is then more willing to actively engage. And it's the same with introducing the child to something they're scared of. I'm assuming that's not. Uh, Absolutely
2: it is. I mean, you think about it from our perspective. If you were scared of spiders and I said, okay, I'm going to overcome your fear of spiders by throwing you into a room full of spiders. Like, how is that going to make you feel? Same kind of situation. You know, you're scared of a puppy. I'm going to put you in a house with a puppy and you're just going to have to deal. It's going to make you, in some cases, a whole lot more scared. Or what happens is they go into learned helplessness where they've got no choice and they sort of, you know, panic. And eventually, as a parent, we need to understand why these fears are happening and and help them through it. Um, You know, if you do feel like the fear is so extreme um my recommendation is to speak to a a psychologist about it and get some advice on how to do gradual desensitization um, and gradual positive exposure to dogs i've actually got an article on this on my website but yeah a puppy isn't great during that time either
1: no like i mean just to give i i can already kind of hear people going uh the immersion therapy works and you know, when you just immerse the person into the stimulus and then they overcome it. And sure, yes, there are times when that is a legitimate, there is a legitimate um protocol for overcoming something. But there's yeah. a huge difference between an adult opting in to immersion therapy and because it's consent, right? So the adult can put their hand up and go, I wanna overcome flying. And so I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to force myself to do this. When we do it to another dog or a child, even if the child says, yes, I want to, they don't have the cognitive ability or the awareness of the entire situation that we do as adults to actually know what they're opting into. So they don't actually consent. And that is a huge difference between flooding or immersion therapy on a consenting adult and dogs and children. (laughs)
2: It's just yeah. not okay. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> we went off topic there a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah,
2: I haven't. I have one last one to bring up about getting puppies because I've seen this go really beautifully and and really not as well. Is children with special needs? Mm-hmm. Often families think that getting a puppy for their child with special needs can be really, really helpful and they often get advice, um, you know, from other specialists telling them that this would be a really great idea. Um, and I, like I said, I've worked in homes where this has gone beautifully, but I have worked in homes where this has not. Um, you know, children with really, really high impulse control issues You know, families where children have really big sensory needs, like one of the clients I worked with, um, the child just wanted to keep putting its nose to the dog's nose and eventually the dog started biting him. Mm. You know, so knowing your child and knowing sort of what's going on, but then also if this is something that you want to do to help your child, my advice is to really seek out the right dog and not, getting one from Gumtree or not, you know, buying a dog where you have no idea what its genetic background is. Um, that's also where some of the cases have gone quite wrong, where they've just sort of picked up a puppy from a random place and this puppy is not appropriate for a home with children with special needs. Um, so, if you know, you really want to do your research and make sure that you are getting a dog with a beautiful temperament, possibly that they are breeding dogs to help as therapy dogs and things like that. And this is the case for anybody who wants to have children in their lives and a puppy together is to really do your homework on where you are getting this dog from. Go and meet the parents. Go and make sure they are breeding dogs with beautiful temperaments to live in a family home, yeah. not working dogs or, you know, breeding dogs to do really high, you know, yeah, this is really important and and this is something as well, if you are going through a breeder, um, you know, when clients come to me before they've picked their puppy, I, I help them with this and I'm always happy to chat to breeders as well because we want to pick the right puppy from the litter as well to go into a home with young kids. You don't want the puppy that is the most high energy and you don't want the puppy that is the most timid. That's right. You also don't want the puppy that chooses you. You know, like yeah. it, we we want the breeder who spends those first eight weeks to really get to know the puppies and to be able to sl- select that middle, middle of the range pup who has that really divine temperament that can happily relax on its own but also loves to get involved and isn't too scared of loud noises and things like that and has ex- been exposed to children already in those first eight weeks of life. So the breeders can really help to set you up for success as well. Yeah. So much of what they do is really, really helpful for that, you know, little temperament in a pup
1: that you're going to be bringing home when they're eight weeks. Yeah, and so just to add into that as well, just because, just because you get a puppy or a dog from a really well-bred line and/or uh, that puppy that is showing that temperament, I think it's really important to remember that you're still going to have to. Do the work and identify what sort of lifestyle you want to live with the dog, and not just expect. Well, he's a great dog; he's going to be good at it. What, at some point, when we—I recently had a, a great session with a family that they didn't have a dog yet, and they were thinking about bringing a dog in. Those and, yeah, I know, right? And one of the things that I was explaining was because they've got, and we all do this—we have these ideas as to what lifestyle I want to live with my dog. And that is amazing, it's normal, it's healthy. But one of the things I will always explain to people is in order to get there, you're going to have a life, uh, live a life of training for that. You're not going to, it's very rare that we can bring a dog in. It happens, but it's very rare that we bring a dog in to our lives and start living that dream life that we uh, imagined and it goes swimmingly, perfect. Often there's preparation, you know, in, in that needs to be done. So, you know, for example, I like taking my dog for walks down the beach, which is super busy down there, like the busiest beach in the bloody country. I like stopping to have a coffee. I don't particularly like dog parks, and there's other things that I, I like and dislike. But basically, what I'm getting at is I had an idea as to how I wanted to live with my dog, and for a long time. I didn't live that life because I was training for it. I was teaching him how to walk on a leash. I was teaching teaching him how to settle in public, but not in the really busy places where I actually wanted to be. So, all of the leash training, all of the leash walking, wasn't done in the places that I actually wanted to walk my dog. I was preparing for that day. If I stopped, it wasn't to have him by my feet while I enjoyed an hour and a half long breakfast. It was. I'll get a takeaway coffee. I'll take. I'll come off to the side, and we're going to practice stopping for five minutes, not even at a time, to build his resilience up to being stationary and remaining calm in public. And the, and these are really, really great dogs that have got great temperaments, but they still took a lot of work to get there, and it took a lot of compromise to of like what my original goal was to be able to get to that goal in the long run.
2: Yeah. And you know what's going through my mind as you're saying all of this is like those families that bring home a new puppy and they want to go the first weekend to watch their kids soccer match and bring the puppy with them. Yeah. And they expect the puppy to be able to cope in these situations and to enjoy it. And the puppy might do okay, right? But then they come home and in the afternoon, they have a puppy that is absolutely hyper and feral and biting and jumping and they don't know what's going on you know, the puppy's had a really big outing and it should be exhausted. But really what's happened is that that environment was just way too much for a little puppy and they've come home and the puppy is overtired, overstimulated and struggling to relax. Mm. So I think like to your point, Ian, is that, you know, we need to put in as parents, we need to have the time, the effort, the patience to really put in all of the effort and energy into raising a puppy into a beautiful family dog. And if your life is too busy for that, now's probably not the right time to bring a dog into your home. It's really about making sure that you can cope with that and and yes, puppies are beautiful, right? You get that oxytocin hit, that's why, you know, we love them so much. They are the cutest little things, but you need to have realistic expectations and they are hard work. They can be hard work and they require a lot from us. So you absolutely have to be ready. And you said the word a few times preparation. I love more than ever when families come to me before they have the dog because there really is so much that we can do to prepare ahead of time. If you've got kids in the picture, We can do sessions with the kids beforehand so they know exactly how to respect that puppy when it comes home. We can set things up so that they've still got a play space where they can do Lego on the floor or make a big mess and the puppy's not going to come in. Um, So there's a lot that we can do ahead of time to prepare and get it right. But as the parents wanting a dog in your world, you need to have the mental capacity, time, effort, energy, money,
1: all of that to be able to raise a dog with kids. Yeah, and just uh, just to flip that coin for a second and go down the other route, which is when uh, we've got dogs already in our lives and bringing in uh, yeah. a child, the exact same principles apply, right? Like, there's so much out there, and we, me, me, and you have talked a lot about this in depth <laughs> over, over the years. But like, it's not just a case of prepare the dog uh, by bringing a blanket home. Uh, with the baby, it's uh, so much goes in can go into um, preparing the household, preparing the entire family for the change that is about to occur, and it is that preparation time and and having those conversations as to what does this actually what's this actually going to look like. And no, you can't plan it down to the nth degree, but you can be aware, situationally aware of potential things that are going to happen yeah. um, and being equipped for that. Absolutely.
2: And if you know that you're bringing a dog home and that in a couple of years, you're going to want to have kids, then think about the setup and think about things ahead of time. I don't recommend having a dog sleeping in your bed if you have a baby that's going to be in a bassinet right next to your bed or co-sleeping with you. So Set that up from the start. Get your dog happy sleeping in a separate area because you know that you're going to have children eventually. Um, so that there are things, yeah, that you can plan and prepare ahead for that
1: stage too. Absolutely. It sounds really, I sound really mean when I say this, but <laughs> honestly, it, it needs to be said sometimes where the decisions we make, there's always emotion involved, but it doesn't mean we have to make the emotional decision. You know, I would love my dogs to sleep in the bed all the time, but. It's not what's best for my actual household, despite, yes, there's a pull. There's an emotional pull to have my dogs up in the bed every single night. There's an emotional pull for them to practice having them up with me and laying uh, with us on the sofa. Um, But we aren't doing that right now. And it's hard. It's making the hard decision rather than the easy decision sometimes to make sure that we are actually prepared setting ourselves up you know it's I just sometimes we have to move past that immediate gratification yeah it's I I, I love nothing more than having my dogs in my bed like it
2: is my favorite thing ever but I only did that after my kids were old enough and were out of my bedroom and I wasn't breastfeeding anymore and that I was past that life stage that's when my dogs came into my room but before that Cooper never slept in my bedroom never um, because my baby's always slept in my bedroom. So, you know, knowing ahead what it's going to look like is going to be really helpful and setting your puppy up from the start is um, is really important as well. So, I just, you know, I, I think my message here in, in general here is that I want you guys, and I said this at the start, I, I want you guys to really be able to be good parents to your children, to really be able to give them what they need and little kids need a lot. But I am always here to advocate for the dogs too and I want you to make sure that if you're bringing a dog into your world that you have the time to truly make them happy and meet their needs but also to take care of yourself, you know. so yeah. if there's so many pieces to this puzzle in self-care and caring. You know, if you've got a partner in the picture, you've got kids, you've got the dog, do you have the capacity for it all? And if you do, then absolutely go for it. Um, and they're, we're here to help. <laughs>
1: that's yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's um, exactly,
2: yeah. But, you know, if... Listening to this has made you think, oh, maybe now is not the right time. Don't beat yourself up about it, because there will be a right time eventually. And I think, you know, making that decision, and sometimes I do sessions with families that are thinking about bringing a dog, and then at the end, we make the decision not to. And I know that it's like, you know, for some, it can be a little bit of a sad realisation, but... I think of it as like, wow, we've like really just helped this family. Like now they're going to be able to give their kids what they need. They're not putting a puppy into a situation where they're just going to fail. And, you know, it can be a real
1: long-term win. Yeah, absolutely. Like that is, you know, the pain of losing uh, the idea that you had is, you know, it pales in comparison to the relief that I f- like that, that that we feel, like, oh my God, thank God I didn't actually do that. Um <laughs> or, of course we're talking about like if like if they end up not doing it. But if if you are in that frame of mind of like, I'm not sure after listening to this, don't hide from the conversation, is my message there. Like have the conversation and have it have a real honest conversation of what is this going to involve? Are we ready for it? Are we actually prepared to do what it's going to take? Because if not going ahead with it anyway, is only going to cause pain down the road. But if you come to the conclusion and where you go, do you know what? We are so ready for this. Then you go into it with a whole ton of energy, ton of like, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed. Like it's, uh, you know, you go into it with a, with a, a a headspace of, I can do this. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but I can do this. And because you're actually just going in with your eyes open. Yeah, exactly. Right. That is a great place to wrap up. We yeah. I think you've given everybody tons. a lot to
2: think about.
1: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, Tell us, where can people find you before we go?
2: So you can find me on my website, uh, cooperandkids.com. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook as Cooper and Kids. I'm on YouTube, TikTok. Um, But on my website, I do have heaps of free resources. So under the blog tab, I actually have two articles on this topic. Um, I've also got a resources tab, which has handouts and videos. So there's lots of free advice on there as well. But of course, if you want um, to actually have a chat with me about, you know, what you're thinking and what's going on, you're
1: more than welcome to reach out and all my contact information's on the website fantastic thank you so much for joining us
2: thanks for having me
1: thanks so much for listening that's it
0: for this week guys if you ever want to ask questions give feedback or just provide some suggestions regarding the podcast find me on ian shivers dog advocate on instagram i'll be happy to help if you're feeling really generous leave us a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this podcast on and if you want to nerd out more with us then find our sponsors because they're the ones that make all of this possible see you next week This episode has been sponsored by Bono Behaviourist. Bono Behaviourist is a Sydney-based dog training and behaviour company. I founded back in 2015. We've got a small but dedicated team of dog trainers and behaviour consultants. We've helped over 4,000 people at this point, with everything in between helping people set up their new lives with their puppy or adopted dog, to working with people that have come to us to help them with dog training and behaviour concerns. For more information, go to bondlobehaviorist.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook at bondlobehaviorist.